0: My daddy may now make an announcement. The place where someone put cyanide in my Coke Zero. You are listening to The Bitterest Pill. <laughs> I tighten that thing, tighten it all the way. I walk back into the house and it's still dripping. You are listening to The Bitterest hey, Pill. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's me, Dan Klassman, in my garage. Under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Former stay at home dad, failed actor, shut in. Now uh, I'm, I'm just a normal guy who <laughs> sits in his garage and talks to himself for an hour? No, of course not. I'm talking to you. That's fine. That's fine. It may look strange to a passerby, but luckily there are no passersby. I'm in a box that my cousins built in my garage. There's no windows. There's no heat. I'm freezing and it's very dark in here. Anyway, have, have you been? Happy holidays. I'm recording this. Uh, In uh, on December. uh, Hi, I'm recording this on December 30th, 2022. So I'm saying to you happy holidays, Uh, you know, happy Hanukkah, happy uh, Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, whatever festivus for the rest of us. This is not going to be a particularly holiday centric uh, recording, so that that concludes the festivities. I think for right now. So, so I was at Target. I was at Target. And a lot of times I go to Target because I have uh, things I need to buy, but then they always get me uh, on the way out because they have, like they do in so many stores, the little refrigerators full of Diet Coke. You know what I mean? So. As I've done umpteen times, I go to the little refrigerator and I get a Diet Coke. Now, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get a Diet Coke. Sometimes I get a Diet uh, uh, Coke Zero. Sometimes they even had this weird flavor there for a while. I think it was a tie-in to a movie or something. I don't remember, but it was like magic flavored. Do you know what I'm talking about? The label was largely light blue and it was fantasy flavor or magic flavor or... Happiness flavor, I don't know. It was an interesting flavor. But anyway, so on this particular day that I'm referring to, I went to my normal thing. I went to Target to pick up whatever I was picking up, probably uh, dietary protein bars because I have to eat those every two hours or else I am out of my mind. And I'm going by the rack and I grab myself a Coke Zero or whatever it was. And I head to my car and I drive away. And sometimes what I do is, was this, I think it was even on my lunch hour, but what I'll do, listen, I'll be honest with you. I like to get off campus, so to speak, when I'm at work and I have my lunch break. Do you do that? Do you, were you like have to leave the building just to kind of mark like, yes, I left the building. I I totally have to do that to the point where. I don't think I get in my car and just drive aimlessly around, but I'm very tempted to do that. And sometimes when I go to Target or wherever to run errands, I don't go straight back to the office because it's too close. And I will, in fact, take the long way, so to speak, and go around this big block and then go back to the office. So I'm doing that. I'm driving my car away from Target and I go to open my Coke and it offers no resistance Now, you know, and I know, if you think about it, and you probably don't think about it anymore, but when you open a bottle of soda, just like anything, there's resistance because of the safety cap. But this had no safety resistance. It just opened. Now, simultaneously, literally... I'm listening to the end of a podcast that I've been listening to. I I don't remember which podcast it was, but the episode was about the Tylenol poisonings of the mid to early 80s, early to mid, whenever they were in the 80s. I just remember in the 80s, there was this thing where people were poisoning Tylenol. And that was like the beginning of a new era of paranoia about products. And rightly so, because someone really was, it's not like it was an accidental thing. Someone was actually poisoning Tylenol. People were dying from Tylenol. And I became convinced that someone had put cyanide in my Diet Coke. So now I'm driving around with cyanide laced Diet Coke. And I can't drink it because I will die. But also my good friend, I am the kind of person who would never take their Diet Coke back to Target and say, listen, I just bought this Diet Coke, but I think it has cyanide in it. Can I please have a different Diet Coke? Now, my wife would immediately just pull a U-turn against traffic and just go right back to to target, it would be no big deal. Like she would have no problem doing that. I, on the other hand, and I don't know what it is. I'd love to know what it is in my DNA, my upbringing, my uh, whatever shame I endured as a child. I don't know what it was. I can't go back to target and return a diet Coke. but But I know that this is a moment for me. This is a turning point. This is an opportunity, my good friend, to turn my entire life around. If I can get myself to go into Target and return a Diet Coke, I will be a better man than I was yesterday. Every. Turn of the steering wheel, every push of the brake or the accelerator was a decision. An active decision to continue to go around the big block and return to Target. The scene of the crime. The place where someone put cyanide in my Coke Zero. And I actually did it. I'm going to tell you this right now and I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to brag that I had the chutzpah the cojones, the testicales to go back into Target. (laughs) I know for you, this is like, well, yeah, of course you go back to Target. You tell them it's already been open. It's not a big deal. No, no, no. I had to stand in line at the service counter at customer service, you know, where you do the, the returns. I was a nervous wreck. I probably was sweating and rehearsing my story in my mind because God forbid And I and listen, I have no problem returning things like if it was a shirt that didn't work out, it was too small or too big or too whatever pair of pants. Some. No, there's something about it being a food item, like a food or beverage. And the reason that I'm returning it. So I finally get up to the thing, to the front, to the lady, to the person, the human who's going to be the deciding factor. And I said, listen, I, you know, uh, okay. So, uh, hi, how how you doing? So listen, I, I, um, there's this Coke. I just bought this Coke zero. I have the receipt. I don't know if you need the receipt, but I have, I told, first of all, I totally have the receipt for this Diet Coke or this Coke zero. See this Coke zero. It's funny. Cause I usually get Diet Coke, but today I got Coke zero. Okay. So anyway, I, I left with it. And I was in my car and I tried to open it and it opened too easily. So what it hadn't, the thing had been broken and I'm insane and I can't drink it. Can I swap this for one that doesn't have cyanide in it? And the, the person just kind of looked at me like, um, yeah. But I've never been so proud to leave Target with a, a Coke Zero. With my trophy Coke Zero, I almost didn't drink it. Like, I didn't drink the first one because it had cyanide in it. I almost didn't drink the second one and almost brought it home and put it in some kind of shadow box as a trophy to my newfound manhood. Because I feel like I'm actually an adult now because I returned a food or beverage item to a Target. Even though, honestly, it probably did have cyanide in it, I'm just saying. Right. Do you think someone opened the Coke Zero and then for what reason would you open a Coke Zero to taste it? It tastes like Coke Zero. The only reason they would open it would be what? to put cyanide in it. I'm just that has to be the only like why else? Why the effing F else? Now, this may have been about the time, give or take that i got what i assume is the flu now they keep talking about the triple demic and i told you i've had COVID a couple times now the first time i knew i had COVID, and i told you this i thought i was going to die not a big deal not a big deal i'm just on my deathbed it's not it's nothing to panic about and then the second time i had it i didn't think i was going to die i thought i just had head cold things are looking up get vaccinated that's all i'm saying So this time when I had the flu, I thought maybe I had COVID because now I don't even know what COVID feels like anymore, right? It could be a cold, it could be a flu, it could be COVID, it could be anything, but it was the flu. And the reason I even bring it up, because it was not monumental. I had the flu for a day or two. I had a 24-hour flu. Isn't that a thing? And so I felt like crap on a Friday and um, most of a Saturday. No, really mostly half a Thursday all of Friday, and then maybe half of Saturday. So it was like a 24-ish hour thing. But I want to ask you something, and it is this. So when you are sick, okay, and you're too sick to go to work, and you have to, like, you know, essentially call in sick. So I texted in sick. We use uh, one of those... uh, I think I used the online thing that we all use at work, whether it's Team or Teams or Zoom or Monday or whatever. You know how everybody uses those now. So we use one, and I'm pretty sure I I texted my boss either through that, or maybe because I have her cell phone, I maybe just texted her directly, and said, "Oh my God, I'm I'm too sick to come to work today." Again, the reason I bring this up is. Do you feel when you do that, no matter what, how would it, right, how you do it, but do you feel like the other person is going to think you're lying or is it just me? Because I don't lie about my health. I don't lie about anything. Really. I'm trying to think of what I lie about. I mean, I must lie about, well, there are a couple things like, Hey, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Like that's bullshit. But anyway, the, um, I always feel no matter what, any time I've ever had to call into work that I'm sick, I always am afraid they're going to think I'm lying. To the point where I used to, now not now because it's all digital, but when you used to have to call on the telephone, I would act extra sick, even though I was totally sick. I would always be like, I can't go. You know what I mean? Like really kind of ham it up. Even though I had a temperature of 137 or whatever, well, it didn't matter because it's on the phone. So you gotta, you can't be like, "Hey Jim, how's it going? I'm too sick to come to work." You, right? You can't do that. So I texted my boss and I said, "Hey, listen, I am really sick. I'm on my back. I can't even sit up. I'm, I'm coughing, not literally, nonstop. So I can't come in today." But I'm sure I'll be better. I hope by Monday because it was a Friday, right? By Monday, yada yada. And she writes me back. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I can ask um or the guy above us if you can work from home today. And I'm like, well, that is why I'm always worried. Like, I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm not like I'm actually sick. I'm not just trying to work from home or be at home. There's no reason to be at home. I'm lying. uh, I'm lying down coughing. That's what I'm doing. I'm writhing around in discomfort and I'm coughing. And I don't mean coughing every once in a while. I mean, I am like I am coughing for 24 to 48 hours. If you said, hey, Dan, are you coughing? I would have had to say yes, except I wouldn't have been able to say yes, because I would have been coughing. So I literally had to text her back like, no, that's okay. Don't ask if it's okay that I work from home because I literally, like literally, I'm using the word literally, literally here, literally can't stop coughing. So that's why it's been a couple weeks since I did, did a recording last week was because I think I was just too busy with leading up to the holidays, but no, the the two weeks before that, I, I would have would have these coughing jags, especially in the morning, and the, in the night, if I went from a warm place to a cold place, do you do that? If I go from warm to cold and back to warm, I just start coughing for 20 minutes. It's just the way it goes. I don't even have to get into the shower. I don't even have to turn the shower on. I just have to go into the cold bathroom where the shower is and know that I'm going to shower. And I would start coughing. And I would cough all through the shower, all through drying off, all through getting ready, all through leaving until I was in the car driving to work. And then I would finally stop coughing. So I think a couple of days ago, I, I stopped. I mean, I'll cough every once in a while, but you haven't heard me cough, right? This whole time. This is a miracle. It's been 15 minutes in six seconds. And I haven't coughed once. And it's like a stinky little miracle. Can you hear my stomach though? Can you hear my stomach? I hope not. I hope the microphone is not picking up the insane cacophony that is coming from my abdomen right now. I shouldn't have brought it up because now maybe you'll listen for it. But it drives me crazy. It's like having a fly in here. So... The weekend, so the, the so I got, got the flu that Thursday, Friday, right? The next day, the Saturday was the day that Hudson, my son, you know, Hudson, daddy, I'm going to make, a, my daddy may now make an announcement. Hudson uh, moved out again. Now, the last time he moved out was to go to college. This time, 2022, he's moving out to be a, an adult. And, um, There's really not much to report there other than, you know, it's just, you know, it's just weird, man. When your kids move out, even though, you know, you're, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's coming. You've been, you've known for two years all through COVID. Like this guy is going to get out of here as soon as he can. Like he's, he's not being shy about that. He's literally trying to get a job where he can make enough money, where he can go and live with his friend so-and-so or his friend such-and-such and and get the hell out of here. Totally get it, but I was so sick I couldn't even help move. I mean, I helped move on this end, but I didn't go to the other end. I didn't go over to his apartment. But he lives on Baxter Street in Echo Park. Now, if you if you you don't know L.A. If you do know L.A., you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know L.A., Baxter Street in L.A., it's in Echo Park, is I'd, – I'd love to literally tell you the actual angle. It is such a steep road that you cannot believe that it is legally fit to be a road. Like if you're at the top of Baxter and you point your car down, you really have this thought of like, oh, my God, gravity is going to throw me through the windshield. But that's where he lives now. He lives on a... It's a road that's on the news every once in a while because some YouTube or TikTok idiot will rent a car. The last one was a Tesla, not shocking. And basically go up the hill as fast as they can and then see how much air they can catch at the bo- at the top and then uh, total the car, basically. Because... You just fly because it's straight freaking down. But in the true cyclical nature of life, so H lives in Echo Park, literally maybe an eighth of a mile from where cousin Ronnie and I lived when we lived in Echo Park back in 19... (laughs) Which is just weird. It's just weird to know, like, yeah, Hudson lives right down the street from our old little pad. So bizarre. So we went over there to to pick him up to go to dinner. My daughter's back in town. Tulu is home from college. So we went over there to pick him up to, to go have a family dinner. We saw the place. And I got to tell you, young people now, or maybe it's just his roommate or his roommates. He has two roommates. Maybe it's just <laughs> those guys. But young people have a v- much greater sense of style than we did. And I lived with Cousin Ronnie. Like, I'm sure our place was no slouch. You know what I mean? But th- like, Hassan is living in a really cool place with really cool furnishings. It's really kind of crazy. Yes, I'm jealous. Yes, I'll admit it. I'm jealous. Okay? I said it. I said it. I'm jealous. That's fine. I'm, I am. And the view they have of downtown it's just sickening. It's just sick. So he's hes out. Our daughter's back momentarily for the holidays, which is always great to see her and to have her be here. And then he was here for a little while. The, the whole family was here until, the, t- until this morning. And then they all uh, left. She's visiting friends and he's back to his life for the new year and all that kind of jazz, but um yeah, we're back to the empty nest. Are you an empty nester? How uh how's that going? It's weird, isn't it? Like being an empty nester. Like The nest is empty. I mean, it's not really empty because you and your spouse are there, your partner, your other person. The other person is there all the time. All the time. Maybe they're not talking to you much. Who knows? Like, how much do you talk to each other when the kids aren't around to complain about or help out or help out and then complain about how much you have to help them? You know what I mean? Like, what do empty nesters do? Especially empty nesters who... who, really focused way too much of their time and energy on the kids who are no longer there. What do empty nesters do? What do they talk about? Or is it normal to just sort of like, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we haven't, we haven't spent that much time as empty nesters. It's only really a, it only—it really hasn't even begun. It'll begin when tolu goes back to college. And I told you she's in New York, right? She goes to school in New York City. When she goes back to college and H is at his apartment, then then it will start. We've, we sort of had a temporary thing prior to the holidays, but then it'll really start. So any advice you can give me, trust me, will be appreciated because I've been dreading this period, like actively anticipating this period in our lives, our marriage, our whatever. For four years, five years, something like that. There was something about Toulouse starting high school. I was like, oh my God, are babies in high school? Wait a minute. You know what that means? In four years, we're going to, right? That, that becomes very easy math to do. So I've been kind of wondering and clearly did not do enough research because I have no idea what to expect. We're just going to be the two of us home all the time, I guess. Oh my God. Can you hear? Can you hear my stomach? So I just cracked open a beverage. It's not a diet Coke. <laughs> so, so as part of a pre-New Year, New Year resolution, I told myself I was going to start drinking way less diet beverages. Diet um soft drinks, right? Diet Coke and Diet Sprite and all that kind of jazz. And then I I was going to start drinking more green tea because, you know, green tea is very good for you, apparently, right? That's what everyone says. Everyone says green tea is very good for you. Okay, great. But then I noticed that whenever Hudson came over, he would bring over this energy drink. But, and it doesn't even matter the name of it, but it's one of those energy drinks, at least this one, it's, it's positioned to be well, it says right on the can, it's a dietary supplement. It's a clinically proven dietary supplement. And it has pictures of fruit on it to connote the flavor. And that tricked my brain into thinking that it was probably good for me. Because what they, so here's what it offers Essential energy, asterisk, I don't know what that means, accelerates metabolism, I'll take that, and burns body fat. I'll take that, and that had not only the asterisks, but uh, also the number, the number one. But I'm too old, and it's too dark in here for me to read the can to see what the disclaimers are. You know what I mean? An asterisk that's always like, "Mm, we really should tell you that what we mean by that is the right. So instead of drinking Diet Coke, which I know is bad for me, I mean I've at least somewhat switched over to drinking these whatever they are that. I've at least created the patina of being, I wouldn't say good for me, but at least, I don't know, listen, they're claiming that they're going to burn fat. I'm, I, I really need to lose a lot of weight this year. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I really don't want to go back to exercising. But apparently exercising is a key factor in weight loss. Have we discussed this since I've been back? Basically that if you, it's very telling, like if you download a an app, To help you count your calories, because I've done this many times and forgive me if we've talked about this before, but like I have three or four apps on my phone that can help you track your calories and your carbs for the day to the point where you can just scan the food and tell it how many servings you had and it's right there in your phone. So you know exactly what you're eating and you know exactly what your goal should be for the day to lose weight or to stay uh, at the same weight or whatever, whatever and the little tiny bit of food that you would have to eat to lose any weight is not enough to sustain life, especially not if you're someone like me who has low blood sugar and has at the very least trained himself to eat every two hours. You can't eat every two hours and also only eat 1,200 calories or whatever the hell it is, right? It just does. It mathematically doesn't work. And I don't think intermittent fasting is a good idea for me. Although maybe I could do it if I cut out all the caffeine, but oh my God, then what? How would I survive? (laughs) Anyway, if you have, I need to, I want to lose 20 pounds, 25 pounds, 30 pounds. I'm not joking. Like I'm way above where I should be. Let's just put it that way. Which is going to require exercise and I don't want to do it. And I know I have to, but I don't want to. I don't. I just don't. I don't want to do it. And I know I must. Hey, I got new glasses, though. (laughs) That's my compromise. My compromise is, you know what? Instead of exercising, I'm going to get a new pair of glasses because (laughs) because that'll solve everything. Maybe people will be so smitten by my new frames that they won't look at how much weight I'm carrying between my belt and my solar plexus. That'll, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I actually got, so this, this is the story of new glasses for me, and I don't know why, but I had purchased at one time a pair of glasses on the internet. From one of those internet glasses places that are so inexpensive. And I kind of took a risk because they were so cheap. You know, you can't try them on. So you kind of just try to measure your head and by guess and by golly, and you hope that when they show up that they look okay and they, they fit okay and all that jazz. So I went to one of these places online and I ordered some glasses and they came and they worked out great. They were tight. I'll admit that I have ridges in the side of my head from these glasses, from them being too small, but they worked out and I wore them for a couple of years. And so then, at a certain point, I thought, you know what? These glasses are so inexpensive. I'm going to get another pair. But everyone keeps talking about computer glasses, so I want to get a I want to get a pair of computer glasses. So if you don't know what computer glasses are, you probably already know what they are. But I didn't know what they are. Well, basically, like. There are glasses that either the whole lens or a big part of the lens is geared toward that distance, the distance between where your head is when you're at the computer and the screen. Because on my normal glasses, that's a very small area. So I wanted a pair of glasses where that was a very big area so I could do things like read a computer screen, work on a computer, whatever, whatever. So I went to the same company and I found some glasses that I liked that were similar to my other ones, but not exactly the same. Perfect. I even had my initials, I think, put on the inside of the arms. That way I could tell which was which. And if anyone found them, if I left them laying around, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't used to having two pairs of glasses. So I got these glasses and I would wear them whenever I was on the computer. And they worked out great. Now, but also, when I was wearing them, I was working at this place, and I would wear a mask or a shield fairly often in the office, depending on what was going on. This is back in 21, I think. Well, very soon after that, and I didn't make the connection, I developed some sort of weird eye thing. Not in my eye, but below my eye. And I was convinced it was from breathing into a mask all the time and having the mask air that I was breathing out going into like the area below my eye and causing some sort of disgusting something. But it got all red and mushy and puffy. And it just I I can't even describe it other than it was disgusting. Okay, you don't want your face to be disgusting. End of story. It never dawned on me that, that it could have been the glasses. I thought it was the job. I thought the job was killing me that I was doing and the wearing a mask and a shield and a mask and a shield all day long instead of just hiding in my house. I thought that's what was doing it. But finally, I got so t- tired, right, of my face being disgusting because you don't want your f- – again – I cannot express this simply enough. You don't want your face to be disgusting. And when your face becomes disgusting, you have to take measures. So I found a uh, a dermatologist near where I was living and working at the time. This is all down in Orange County, right? I didn't want to have to try to figure out how to get up to our fancy Beverly Hills dermatologist who isn't on our insurance. I wanted to find someone who was on our insurance and who was close to uh where we were living in Orange County. So I do a little research on Yelp. And I find this place that's in a town that I'm somewhat familiar with. So I have a little, right, a little familiarity with it. And I have a pretty good idea of where this doctor's office is going to be. So I make an appointment and I go and I go to see this dermatologist. I don't remember her name, but she was a, she... So they bring me in the office and she looks like a a TV star. You know what I'm saying? And I've said this before about L.A. doctors, and apparently the same can be happening in Orange County. This woman was so stunning that I wasn't sure if she was a real doctor or just that week's guest star or what was going on. But I don't listen. I really like it, obviously, right, when people around me are good looking. Absolutely. But I don't need them to be that good looking. I I want them to be, like, good-looking for regular people, not good-looking, like, celebrity style, like, model style good-looking. I want normal good-looking people. Because what happens is this incredibly good-looking woman comes in, and she starts looking at my face, and she's making a small talk and whatever. And she also, not only is she good-looking, but she is very nice, which is makes it worse. And then she starts asking me about my glasses and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I I've had them for uh, about 3 weeks or so, maybe a month." And "How long have you had this eye thing?" And I said, "Oh, I don't know, maybe through uh, 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 uh. So it turns out that I was allergic to my glasses. Now I've never been, I've been wearing glasses since I was, I think, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, somewhere in there. I've never been allergic to my glasses before, but I'm having some kind of bizarre allergic reaction to whatever acetate or plastic, exfoliating, whatever the hell these frames are made out of because they're, you know, down at the bottom of where the lens is is, I don't know if it's touching my face or just close enough to touch my face or it's, it's my breath is bouncing off whatever this plastic is and then infecting my freaking face. Well, so I called the Internet company where I bought the glasses and I say, hey, hey, uh, listen, I've had good luck with your product in the past. But I got to tell you something, I'm apparently allergic to your glasses this time around. Is there anything we can do? And they look up the order and they say, well, Mr. Class. And I say, uh oh, and they say, well, you bought these glasses something like 32 days ago. You could have returned them within 30 days for a full refund, but I'm afraid there's nothing we can do because our system doesn't work that way. Because, because, and so now you ha- get to keep a pair of glasses that you are actually medically allergic to. So I learned the lesson that if you're gonna, right, if you're going to be allergic to your glasses and they're going to make your face disgusting, you've gotta decide that your face is disgusting within 30 days. That is the time frame that you have. Otherwise, you get to that 30 second day. It doesn't matter how disgusting your face is. You got to, right. You're going to eat those glasses. And they weren't that much for glass. You know what I mean? They were like a hundred dollars or whatever. That's still a hundred dollars that I don't want to throw down the toilet. So I, I still have the glasses. I, w- I refuse to throw them away. I don't wear them, but I paid for them. So I'm not, I right. $100 of f- full of glasses. So to be on the safe side, I bought computer frames, computer glasses that are exactly the same as my first pair from that company. Because I knew I wasn't allergic to those because I'd been wearing those for a couple of years. So now I have two pairs of identical glasses. And then it really is, thank goodness, that I had my initials carved into the inside of the computer glasses because they literally look the same. Who can tell them apart? I had to take a little sip there. So now none of these are my new glasses. So I got new glasses, which I was a little worried I was going to be allergic to, but it turns out I'm not but I was super, I got them from a different place. I got it from one of those places where you can send away for try on glasses or they have some stores depending on where you live. So where we live, they have some stores. And I think if, I think if you buy a pair of glasses, they give a pair of glasses to somebody else. So you feel good about buying glasses there. Right? So we went there and I was there with, I think just my wife and daughter, maybe we were all there one day and I chose some new glasses and I was super excited. You know, they happen to be clear glasses. They're not dark gray like I've been wearing for the last umpteen years. So it was kind of a change. I was very excited about it, but I was equally excited that I got transitions lenses Now, transitions lenses, right? Or the kind of uh, photo gray, we used to call them, or what did we call them back in the old days? The, The kind of glasses that go dark in the sunshine. Now, I hadn't had those for ages. I had them when I was a teenager and maybe a little bit after that. But then back when I was acting, I couldn't have them because I didn't want to be on a set and have the lights from the, right? I don't know if movie lights would make the glasses dark. I don't want to take that risk. And I can't, you know, you can't wear those and shoot outside. You no one wants you to be wearing shades while you're supposed to be a nerdy math teacher or whatever outdoors. Right. So I could never have transitions and I didn't, I'm not going to pay for two glasses, like have two pairs of glasses around. No, not until the cheap internet ones. So super excited to get transitions because I want to look cool. I am old and bald. I'm short. I'm 30 pounds overweight. I I need dark glasses to either make me look cooler or at least begin to kind of hide my identity in case I run into someone that I know. What I don't. So, so the glasses come and I try them on. They fit pretty well. They're a little big. I got wide glasses. because my other ones had put ridges in my head. And these glasses are a little loose. Now, it could be because of the ridges in my head are making them loose. I don't know. I haven't checked the ridges for a while, in a while. I should check and see if they're going away or not because maybe that will make my glasses tighter. But the transitions, okay. So the transition, that's a couple hundred bucks or a hundred bucks or something. And it's extra money, right? Well, when you wear the glasses outside Boom, they turn dark. And it's great. You can walk around from the store to the parking lot to your car with sunglasses on. Awesome. But when you were in the store, right, they weren't. It's just it's, it's a beautiful thing. But what I don't realize is one of the main reasons that I wear sunglasses, in all honesty, is not to look cool. It's for driving because when you're driving in Southern California, there's a lot of sunshine and glare and you want to put on sunglasses. Now I have special sunglasses that I wear when I'm driving, but I was too cheap to buy sunglasses that have progressive old man lenses. So they just have one prescription. So when I wear my sunglasses in the car, I can see far away out the windshield, but I can't really see anything in the car. So when I'm in the car and I'm trying to, adjust the heat, or I'm trying to change something on my phone or whatever, I have to look under or over the glasses, okay? So one of the things about these stupid transitions that I'm really excited about is being able to see in the car with the transitions on. Ha, 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 Dan, guess what? Transitions don't transition in the car. Maybe the tiniest bit, but I don't even think so because the car is shaded Dan for the most part you're looking into the sun but you're not in the sun the glasses are not being hit by sun and even if they were there's probably uv protection right in the in the windshield i don't know all i know is the transitions when i need them the most don't work It is so annoying to the point where I've thought a couple of times of like, what if I roll down the window, take off my glasses, stick my glasses out the window to get sun on them. They'll turn dark. Then I pull them back in and put them on. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I swear to you. Because I don't, I I'm still wearing my old sunglasses, my old single Prescription, stupid, big aviator sunglasses that I thought I was going to be able to do without and I was going to be able to see everything. I'm still wearing those stupid things, even though I have my new transitions with the clear frames. It's ridiculous. So. okay, we had a plumbing issue. Recently. And it was not that big an issue, to be honest with you. In well, well, it kind of was. So, we have a um, one of our bathrooms has it that ha- it has a shower in it that is just a shower. It's just a we call it the coffin. It's a shower stall shower. It's not a bathtub shower. Okay, so it's the little bathroom in the back of the house, and it was dripping, and it was starting to drive us crazy. And Melissa, rightfully so, was very concerned about how much water. We must be wasting. Our water bill is unbelievable. It's so, so high. And part of it is that we're in Los Angeles and we really just don't deserve water. And part of it is, I think we use a lot of water washing things and washing things. So we're very concerned about this dripping, dripping, dripping. So Melissa wants me to fix it as soon as possible. Totally get it. I'm on it. Pretty sure I know how to do it. I think I even have the right tool. This should be fairly simple. So in the meantime, she puts a big, like a bowl under the drip to catch the dripping water. Smart move. What she's going to do, see, is take the dripped water and not waste it. She's going to go water plants that are on our front porch with the dripped shower water. Well, when you do that, I got to tell you something, you realize just how much water you're wasting from this drip, drip, dripping. And we made this realization of the dripping during the middle of the week. And in the middle of the week, I am too tired when I get home in the dark to work on the plumbing. I know that maybe to you, maybe you're still young and spry and can do stuff like that after work. And you can do stuff like that in the dark. I can't I can't drag myself out of my post-work exhaustion to tackle plumbing, so it waited till the weekend. So several times a day, and this was only a couple of days, don't worry about it. It was only a couple of days. But for a couple of days, Melissa would take this thing of cold dripped water from the shower and pour it into the plants and this would go on all day like it really would fill up quickly. And 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 really, the only thing worse than a dripping shower that's dripping onto the tile of the shower is a dripping shower that's dripping into a bowl with water in it. It just amplifies the living pee-pee out of the drip, 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 drip. So, I'm pretty sure that all I need to do is go into the garage and get this tool that I have that you use for pulling out the valves of a dra- of a bathtub or a shower or whatever. I've got this special tool from when we first moved in. I think I had to fix the tub or something. So I need this special tool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to shut off the water. I'm going to take that tool. I'm going to take the cold water uh, valve thing out. And then I'm going to go buy one at Home Depot. I'll put the new one in, zippity-doo-dah, I will be done, right? Easy, stinking-peasy. So I go to find the tool. And again, it's a special tool. It's a tool that I probably have not used in 20 years. For some reason, I can put my hands on this tool in about 12 seconds. Now, if you wanted me to find a Phillips head screwdriver or the needle nose pliers or something that I use on a fairly regular basis, I would have to search the house. But this weird valve tool, I I don't even know what it's called. 12 seconds, boom, it was at the bottom of my toolbox exactly where it should be. And it's still even in the like plastic bag that it comes in. So I'm thrilled. This is not going to be like the thermostat, okay? This is going to be easy. This is familiar territory. Now, granted, I do have a little plumbing anxiety because it right, it involves water. And water, if it gets loose, it can go everywhere and get everything wet. And I hate that. And I don't want to do that. So, oh, oh, my God. But so far, so good. I've got the tool. Now, all I have to do is shut off the water. easy, easy. All I have to do is go around the side of the house, outside on the, you know, uh, left side of the house, let's call it, right? I go to the left side of the house. There's all the plumbing stuff. There's a little thing that you turn. All I got to do is tighten that and then it shuts off the water to the house and then I can pull out the valve. So I go out there. Yeah, I got to go through a couple bushes and get some grass out of the way. Not a big deal. Wee, wee, wee. I tighten that thing, tighten it all the way. I walk back into the house and it's still dripping. So I go back out and I look at the thing. And there is another shutoff thing connected to some other pipes. But it's got to be that pipe because that's the pipe, right? Isn't that the pipe that comes from underneath the. Uh, the the front lawn from the meter. Isn't that the one that would come up there? And then I would turn that off. And then all these other ones seem to be connected to it. So even though that valve there, the big handle valve is there, I can't possibly be it. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to shut off every valve I can find because what's the difference? Melissa's in the house. None of the kids are home. She knows that I'm turning off the water. So the water's going to go off. So I'm going to, so I turn every valve I can find to the off position. I go back and the shower is still dripping. Okay. So now it's time to, 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 uh, refer to YouTube. So I refer to YouTube. I'm like, Hey, YouTube, you know, what the hell, man? I can't turn the water off to my house. There's gotta be a way to do it. I, I mean, I guess I could go out to the sidewalk and open up the big thing in the sidewalk and try to shut it off there. But l- let's see what YouTube says. So what does YouTube say? YouTube says what you got to do is go out to the sidewalk, Dan, and turn the thing off there at the big valve that the city owns or whatever. The main shutoff for your house. Not the little hand cranky one, but the one in the thing, in the hole in the ground, in the sidewalk, in the ground. Okay. So I grab a couple of tools based on what I saw on YouTube, a wrench and some pliers and a uh, what else? I think that was pretty much it. And I go and I open up the thing in the sidewalk, which luckily did not even require a key because sometimes at least ours is like a big door with a little door in it, like a circular door. So you have to unlock the circular door and take that out like a little tiny manhole, round one. And then once you get that out, you can open the big rectangular manhole and then you can get to the shutoff thing. So the circular one is not locked, which is a saving grace, because I don't know if I would have been able to figure that out. I mean, maybe I would, but... So that thing is... So that I just pull off and I pull up the big manhole. And then of course there's like 1800 bugs in there. So they all run away. And it's fairly clear. Okay, okay. So there's the valve shutoff thing, just like in the YouTube videos. And that goes to the meter. And the meter's there. And then the meter's got something connected to it that's obviously some kind of like uh, Bluetooth way that the city can read my meter from afar, I guess? I don't know. And then the pipe keeps going, and then it goes to my house. So all the YouTube videos that I read said, okay, so the valve is this thing and it has, how do I even describe it? Like it has a, a part that sticks out this way with a hole in it, a circular hole. And then there's the, then above it is the same exact looking like tab thing with a hole in it. And what you do to shut off the water is move the top tab until the hole in the top tab lines up with the hole in the bottom tab. And then it's off. And those two holes line up, and that's how you, if you wanted to lock your water off, you would put a padlock or something in there. So that's how you know. You got to take the tab, and you got to line up the two tabs, and the two holes line up, and then your water's off, and then you can go fix your stupid shower. Well, I can't move this thing. It will not move. This tab, the thing, the, the top tab, it looks exactly like all of the ones that I saw on YouTube but I cannot get it to move. I can't get it to move using my hand. I can't get it to you to move using the pliers. I can't get it to move using the wrench. So then I get a little desperate potential spam call. Sorry. So I get a little desperate and I get a little frustrated, you know? Okay. So this is where I'm starting to get a little irrational. I irrational. I go get a hammer. Because it's so self-explanatory what this thing needs to do. It just needs to turn a little bit from here to there. So the holes line up. And this is exactly what they did on YouTube, except they didn't need a hammer. But I'm going to get a hammer and whack this thing because clearly it's stuck. So I go get the hammer and I'm very carefully now, carefully whacking the hell out of my valve to my house, the water valve to my house, that if I broke it, I do like, I can't even begin to know what would happen if I broke this thing. It will not budge. It won't budge. If I try to turn it clockwise and it won't budge. If I try to turn it counterclockwise, it just won't freaking do anything. Okay. Well, I remember that on YouTube, a lot of guys were using this special T-shaped tool that is specifically made for the purpose of turning this valve on and off. So I go to Home Depot. I find the tool. I purchase the tool. I bring it to my house. And if you're, listen, maybe there's something magical about using this T-shaped tool that's going to turn my water off. And I open everything back up and I stick the tool down in there and I try to turn it and it does not budge. And I cannot get it to budge and I cannot get it to budge. Now I am out of options except for one option. Now my neighbor, my new neighbor, Reggie came out and was asking me what I was up to and if he could help in any way. And he and I couldn't figure anything out when I was trying to turn off the water at the house. Right? So the thing is, Reggie is a personal trainer. So Reggie's really built. So if I could muster up the whatever it takes, the humility, I could ask Reggie, who is obviously much stronger than I am, if he could try to turn this T-shaped tool. But there's just something about that is, that is too much to ask of me. Not of Reggie. It's not too much to ask. Reggie wouldn't care. Reggie wouldn't give it a moment's thought. He would, be to, he would come straight out, trust me, and try to turn the thing and whatever. It's too much for me to ask of me to go ask Reggie and basically say, listen, Reggie, I'm a weakling. And I'm wondering if you and your muscles could come outside and try to close my water. So what do I do? I can't turn off the water to the house. So here's my brainstorm. I give up on turning off the water at the main valve because it's not happening. And I don't want to humiliate myself and go ask Reggie to be the man of the neighborhood. I figure out that if I go in my house and turn the water on in the tub in the other bathroom, the bathroom that's right inside the house from all the plumbing stuff that's on the left side of the house. You see what I'm saying? Maybe that will stop the dripping enough for me to fix the valve and it works because the water, right? I've, I've got most of the pressure off. So the water that is still going in will come out the drain or the, the faucet of the tub. And never make it to the rest of the house. So, this is great. So, I go, I do that, I turn the water off again at the house, I turn the water on in the bathtub. It's coming out like way more than you'd expect from the thing supposedly being closed. I pull out the valve, my tool works perfectly, perfectly. Now the valve that I bought at Home Depot looks different. It's supposedly the same valve, but see the valve that I'm taking out is potentially 20 years old. The valve I'm putting in is brand new and it does have, as far as I know, the correct part number, but it does look different. But I put it in anyway I I put it in the wall it does fit. I put the um, I don't put the whole thing back together I just want to see if it's going to work. So I put the valve in I put the handle back on I run outside or no I run in the bathroom I turn the water off on in the tub and the shower starts dripping. So the new right okay. At this point, I'm at my wits end. I don't know what else to do. I can't find the valve. And at a certain point, I I feel like I have to make arrangements or not to have a plumber come. So I say to my wife, "Okay, listen, I am having trouble getting the water off. I have a vague recollection of a plumber years ago telling me that we were going to have to replace the thing that shuts the water off at the house. Uh, So I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. I can't, I put in a new valve. I can't, I just can't do this anymore. So let's call the plumber lady who sends the guys over and blah, blah, blah. So this is, this takes a couple of days. So they finally, I finally make arrangements. And on Monday, The plumber is going to come, not first thing in the morning, but basically late morning, they're going to come. Now, at some point in this process, and I hate to admit it, somewhere in this process, my wife says to me, hey, listen, instead of going to Home Depot to get this valve, maybe you should go to True Value. Isn't there a True Value around? Don't those places usually have more of a selection of, uh, you know, whatever. Well, I don't like going to True Value because it's in the other direction and it's in a weird part of town. And the guys, you know what I mean? It's like too much, too much uh, something. And I should have just gone on Sunday. I should have. I should have just gone on Sunday to True Value to see if they had the valve. Maybe they would have had the exact valve and maybe that one would have worked. I don't know. And when we're making arrangements for the plumber, she's she is quoting us this crazy amount of money to come in and fix this shower that can't possibly have anything majorly wrong with it, but won't stop dripping. And part of this amazing number that she's giving us, and I'm talking like $400, okay, is... Well, we have to source the valve. We have to find the valve. We have to source the valve. That's going to be blah, blah, blah. And then the valve itself is going to be $40 or whatever and yada, yada, yada. But at a certain point during the weekend, I just gave up because I was so frustrated. I couldn't make anything happen. So they're going to come on Monday at like 11. And I had, I took the day off work. I had to go to a meeting at some point, but for the most part, I was off work because I wanted to be home when the right when the plumber is there to see, first of all, how do you shut the water off? And then what are you doing when you're putting in the new thing, the new valve, to get the drip to stop dripping? And meanwhile, buckets and buckets of chilly water being dumped into these poor plants, they're flooding with all the dripped water. So Monday morning before... The plumber is due. I get it in my head that I'm going to finally go to true value, you see. But I got to get back before the plumber would arrive at 11. And I have this realization much later in the day that I needed to have it. (laughs) So I'm rushing to true value. Rushing, rushing, rushing. And I have a photograph Of the valve, but I don't remember. I don't think I brought the actual valve with me, which would have been smart, right? Because going to True Value was kind of an afterthought after I went to Home Depot again, but a different Home Depot. We have two Home Depots near us. So I go to True Value. I go to True Value, and it's exactly what I think. It's an ancient True Value, and the guy behind the counter is an ancient dude, and he can't come out from behind the counter Because he, I think, is the only one there. So he just says, yeah, just go down there about halfway and you'll see him. They'll be right there. Okay, well, (laughs) dude, the reason I came here is because I thought you would know way more about this than me. Not so you could point me towards a big rack of every kind of valve ever made for me to try to find the one that matches. So I'm there and I'm literally just like looking at every valve to see which one matches. Like, I don't know what else to do. Finally, another guy shows up to take pity on me that works there. It takes him about 10 seconds to find the right valve. And it's identical to the one that I took out. It's not the one I got at home Depot. It's perfect. Clearly perfect. So I say to him, Oh my God, this is perfect. Thank you very much. Now, listen, just in case I don't need this, or something, I can return this, right? Me thinking that is a completely rhetorical question, said out of sheer paranoia, just to engage the guy a little longer because I'm so happy that he helped me out. And he says, "No, you can't return that. No, final purchase." I'm like, oh great. Well, what <laughs> if I buy this and I take it home? And then the plumber does, right, because the plumber and I are having a little communication breakdown. But if, if the plumber does show up with the valve and I have the valve, then I don't kind of don't need the valve. And I suppose, I guess I, I could put it in the hot water. If it's the right kind of valve, if it actually works, but there's still a chance it's the wrong valve. I don't know what to do. But I'm in a panic and I'm sick of thinking about it. I want the, the dripping to stop. It's like water torture. So I buy the valve and the valve is like 30 bucks or something, 38 bucks or 28, bucks. I don't know what it was. It was too much money. It was way more money than you want to throw in the toilet. I'll tell you that right now. So I think, you know what I'm going to do F this, I'm going to try to save $400. If I can get this thing in and get that leak stopped before the plumber arrives because now, the, by this point, the plumber is starting to text me. Of course, now that I bought the valve, the plumber is starting to text me that the the guy that's going to actually do the work is running late. So I think I can save $400 if I go home, rush home, turn off the water, take out the valve, put in this valve. See what I'm saying? And then I can just tell the plumber, hey, listen, forget it, okay? It's off or whatever. So I rush home. I turn off the water. I turn the water on in the tub. The dripping stops. I take out the Home Depot valve or whatever the hell valve was in at that point. I don't even remember. Right. I put in the valve. I tighten it down. I go in the big bathroom. I turn the thing off at the tub and the dripping starts again. So I'm done. I'm done and I'm done and I'm just done. So now I'm just waiting for the plumber and I'm anxiously waiting for the plumber because I want this thing to be fixed. I want to know how to turn off the water and I want to ask her for a, for an estimate of, okay, or whoever's there, an estimate of, okay, how much would it cost to, to swap the valve at the side of the house? So the thing stinking works, they never show up that day, Monday, they never show up. Their job goes late. They don't show up. They're going to come first thing Tuesday. Well, first thing Tuesday, I'm going to be at work. Okay. So I'm not going to know how they turn off the water. I'm not going to see how they fix the thing at some point. So, so the next day I, you know, I sent her the address again, the, the woman that's coordinating this whole thing. I tell Melissa, so this is what I've done. This is what's happening. Yada, yada, yada. 2 seconds later, Melissa texts me back. They're done. How did they how did they finish it that fast? And why is it going to be this much money? Well, what I never realized, what I never understood, what I never guessed, what I never would have imagined was this. And the plumber made a very casual mention of it. I think it was monday but it was probably i hope it was tuesday for my own sanity she said oh it's the cold water that's weird because usually it's the hot water that goes first and it had something to do with calcification or lime or something i don't know what it was but she made this offhanded comment like oh that's so weird that it's the cold water because usually it's the hot water if you're going to get just one it's the hot water But I didn't think anything of it because the water coming out of the drip is cold. But the plumber, the guy that actually did the work, he showed up, he turned off the water. I have no idea how. He opened up the both valves. He saw that the cold water valve was brand new because I had just put in a brand new valve in the cold water and it was still dripping. So he took out the hot water, put in a new valve, turned the water back on, and there was no drip. yeah it was the hot water the entire time the hot water the entire time and i still don't know how to turn off the main valve all right that's it for the bitterest pill this time thank you so much for listening downloading while you're, you know, listening and down, downloading and listening, while you're driving around or walking around. I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? Are you doing dishes? I have no idea what you're up to. I hope you're well. Uh, I hope you have a, have or had a happy new year. Let's, uh, uh, yeah, let's talk much in the in 2023, shall we? All right. And, uh, you know, as always, the Bitter's Pill is made possible. In part thanks to our proud patrons at Patreon, patrons like, you know, we've got some new ones, oh my gosh, uh, like Maury Estabrooks, Samantha Couture, John Otham, Armand, I don't know if you're supposed to get a shout out, but I'm going to give you a shout out anyway. Hey Armand, what's going on? Pete Chase, Edward Nothnagel, Ed, I haven't talked to Ed in so long, it's disgusting. Ed, hi. Hi Ed, if you're out there. Jeff Short, uh, Rob Usden, uh, Dave Hall of Fame Jackson. Harold Goldner, Sean Stewart, Flores, uh, Tom Carroll, who else? David uh, Chase and Gerard Cortinez, Michael Saffel, and uh, and many, many others. Many others. If your name was not mentioned on that list, I don't understand why, because I think Patreon made some changes. And uh, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, listen, thank you all who uh, are patrons. Thank you all who are not because if you're hearing my voice, you're a listener and I appreciate it. I really do. So next time, not sure what we'll talk about, but we'll talk about something at great length, won't we? Yeah. Okay. So here's to, uh, here's to 2023. Please stay well or be well or get well or whatever. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.